Hello, I'm Matt Jackson and welcome to the pilot of Changing Lives Through Learning podcast from Open Awards. This is your chance to shout about how you would change lives through learning, so we would love to hear some of your stories. So today we're meeting with our wonderful CEO, Heather Akehurst, and it's Julie Goodwin and Matt Jackson in the chair asking some questions about how we've got through the pandemic. Matt, over to you for the first question. What I'd like you to think about is where we've been over the pandemic um, and how we've come out of it at Open Awards. Um, well, I know it's not over, but how how you feel that things have gone since moving back into a sort of a business as usual over the last couple of months. Um, so I think you're right, Matt. I don't think we're out of it yet. Um, and I think we still have some challenges to come, but um, just has been nice to have a summer awarding period that we haven't been working 24 hours a day to to get results through um and i think i'd just like to pay massive tribute to our providers who um i know have absolutely gone above and beyond over the last two years um and open awards colleagues and and I've mentioned working 24 hours a day to get results through, but that's what we've had to do for the last two years on occasion. Um, so it has been um, a roller coaster ride. I think we were better placed to open awards than perhaps some awarding organisations for, um, for three reasons. So the first reason is um, that we are quite small and um, and we, our intention is to remain relatively small and that allows us to be more innovative and it certainly allows us to be more reactive. So it's easier sometimes for us to get people in a room and go, what are we going to do and then implement it? Um, and I think that stood us in good stead, particularly in the very early days. We were also... Um, I'm not sure look is the right word, but we'd already started to pilot remote invigilation and remote assessments, particularly with some of the schools that we'd been working for. So we were all set up and ready to go. Um, and whilst for um, for a lot of provision, we did that in the first year through through tags. For other provision, particularly that that affected our apprenticeships, that was an absolute godsend because it meant we could move really quickly and get people carrying on, particularly doing their functional skills and also work with some of our endpoint assessment organisations to help them get assessments done and make sure that our apprentices could continue to achieve all the way through. And we've just seen that grow and grow in the last two years. And I had wondered if we would start to see that tail off as we started to see more return to the classroom. But we're not seeing that at all. People, um, individuals, providers love the flexibility that out of a class of, say, 14 people, you can decide when they're ready to take their assessments, whether that's functional skills or assessments or, um, you know, parts of MVQs. So um, so we're seeing a growth in that and the ability to offer remote invigilation. Again, I think we thought that would slow down, but we see more and more people come to us 
and say that we know that you offer that service. How does that work? And we're seeing that expand out. So we concentrated on functional skills in the early days because that was where the need was. Um, and we now do that across um, our endpoint assessment services. Um, but we also do it within parts of um, qualifications that we offer as well. So um, and the other thing was um, we had received significant funding from the um, adult retraining pilot, which kind of had died a death, but we'd had some pilot funding. And Matt, you were right here at the forefront of that in starting to develop online support materials that ran alongside um, the qualifications that we offered. And that meant that not only did we have a whole back catalogue of work, particularly in our access to higher education provision that we were able to make available very, very quickly and at no cost, um, we had the expertise. And then we received funding from other organisations like um, the um, National Chemistry Society so that we could um, roll out other sort of study aids and online provision that um, schools and particularly our SEN schools who were quite struggling at the time, that we could roll that out very, very quickly. So I think those were the things that kind of um, stood us in in good stead. It wasn't an easy journey by, by any means, um, but I do think we were perhaps better placed um, and we have come out of it stronger. So it hasn't meant that we have had to focus on on our online learning um, and particularly functional skills. Functional skills grew 238% last year, making us the fastest growing functional skills um, awarding organisation. And that's because of the type of services that we can provide. Wow. <laughs> I hadn't quite realised we were we were at the top there with the uh, um, with the functional skills. That's that's excellent, isn't it? That's an excellent achievement, just especially such through, through such a difficult time. Yes, yeah, yeah, and I think it's testimony to to you know everybody, you know our providers who who worked with us and said this is what we need, this is what we don't need, this is what's working. Um, you know, um, but but to the staff as well, you know, people were literally in the middle of everything, writing new papers because we needed more growth. We were needing to look at the papers to make sure they were a better fit for online and online delivery as well. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of hard work, um, but um, but we got there. Excellent. So I, I see I, I take it that obviously we're still seeing that growth within that functional skills. Where, where else do you think this, where are we going now for the next 12 months, do you think? So, um, so our targeted growth, as in what we are specifically looking to grow, um, will be in our endpoint um, assessment services as an endpoint assessment organisation. So um, last year, after um, seven amazing, challenging, tearful, you name it, years of delivering external quality assurance on behalf of the Institute for Apprenticeships and Technical Education. Um, that contract after, oh, I don't know, about five extensions finally came to an end and the standards we were responsible for transferred through um, through to Ofqual. 
And again, that that has been an amazing journey for us. And again, you know, I have to pay tribute to to the endpoint assessment organisations that we worked with. You know, we were literally throwing them into rooms at one stage, looking at COVID flexibilities and looking at how we got apprentices through, looking at where apprentices were sitting. Um, but also, you know, the staff who worked with us on that contract, because again, people were having to be flexible. Um, you know, we were literally responding 10 o'clock at night to, to tier four providers who had no idea how they were going to get their apprentices through. So um, the end of that contract has meant very much that we could launch our endpoint assessment services, which was something that ethically we felt we shouldn't do whilst we were still um, the holders of that contract. Legally, there was nothing stopping us doing it, but I think I just felt it just it just didn't feel right. So we'd had to put our plans on hold. So absolutely delighted last year that level two, level three pharmacy um, endpoint assessment services started and we had our first apprentices through and through our first assessments. Um, and we have youth work and we have quite a lot of apprentices due to um, due to achieve very, very shortly. And then as well as that, we were also successful in going onto the emergency framework for the Institute. So we have another five standards that we have to get up and running in the next 12 weeks with apprentices on and ready to deliver. So the assessment team that we have are, are working incredibly hard on that. And then we also have some standards that we're already in our planning. So I think that's where we see um, some significant growth this year. I think it's growth in services, maybe more than growth in income this year, because it is where we're going to have to invest a lot if we're going to deliver a high quality assessment service. And that's what we're all about. So I think there'll be growth in there. Um, I think as well, the things that have turned over the last few years have been the way that we've looked at new qualifications, um, you know, and Julie, you know, absolutely pay credit to you and your team here so that we are only now developing qualifications that we know there is a significant demand for. And we see that we see that when we look at our statistical analysis every quarter. So I think there will be growth in new qualifications. Um, but I think for all of us at the moment, AOs and um, particularly FE providers, we're kind of waiting to see the results of the consultations. We'll probably get another education secretary and what will that bring? Um, and also, you know, there's been some announcements on skills and education from both um, leadership candidates that um, don't seem to be actually tackling some of the issues that particularly FE are facing. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how, how that plays out and how that affects us um, and how that affects our providers moving forward. Yeah, so uh, I suppose in some ways there's a few challenges there because there's a bit of uncertainty, isn't there, with that change of uh, leadership in a way, and it always and it always does bring 
different things every time there is a different a change. So I suppose that's the that's the that's uh, the challenge of keeping on top of that curve, isn't it? Really, it is um, no different. I think education's gone through through significant changes, and you know when I first came, um, I think. Matt Hancock used to leave the room as I entered it because it was him that I had kind of led on from Michael Gove about this policy of you must take your maths and English GCSE until you pass it. And the real damage that that has done to some young people who, who you know, now hate learning with a passion mm. and trying to to talk to schools about the beauty of functional skills because that will give you a maths or an English qualification, yeah. albeit at a different level, but that might be the appropriate level for the career that somebody's going into. But not only that, but it gives you the opportunity to, to build on steps, you know, and to gain your entry level and to feel better about yourself and to have some of that self-confidence. So education's gone through a massive period of change ever since I've I've been at Open Awards, which is, you know, eight and a half years. I think for me, the bigger challenges now are the challenges that everybody's facing. You know, we, we are heading into a recession. What does that do? If the government is having to find money for NHS, for social care, where can it cut? And unfortunately, education and FE in particular is too often, you know, in the firing line. Schools, um, you know, were thrilled that they got pay awards for teachers and support staff, but only to find that they're going to have to fund that through their existing budgets. Um, and then we're heading into, you know, energy, energy crisis. So it, it's, it is difficult. It is going to be a difficult 18 months, two years. Um, and I think that's without the changes in policy. So we'll see. But I think, you know, coming right back to the beginning, being small, being able to react quickly and being innovative, hopefully those are the skills that, that are going to take us, you know, safely through the next couple of years. Thank you, Heather. And now let's catch up with the latest stories from the Open Awards newsroom. The headlines. Liverpool Chamber Innovation in Business Awards. More endpoint assessment. New youth work qualification launches in January. Free access to provider e-learning. Moving up the charts. We are Anna and Andy Droid and this is Open Awards News. As we are winding down for Christmas here are a few of our top stories. Open Awards were a finalist at the Liverpool Chamber Innovation in Business Awards 2022 in November. It was a real pleasure to share a fantastic evening with some amazing local businesses. We are also excited to tell you we have now been approved by Education and Skills Funding Agency to deliver more endpoint assessments in agriculture or horticulture professional advisor apprenticeship standards and level 3 peer worker. See our website for more details. We also have a brand new Open Awards Level 4 Certificate in Professional Development, Youth Work, which launches in January 2023. This qualification is ideal for anyone whose role involves working with young people on a regular basis including, social workers, police officers, emergency services, teachers and those who work within the youth service. Just a quick reminder about Open Awards e-learning. The e-learning shop will be changing a little in the new year. 
Everything will look the same but to make things a lot easier we will be asking users to add the Pluck code to their account. This will provide access to the free products and will mean provider users will automatically receive the discount without having to add the Pluck code at every purchase. And finally, a big thank you to all our providers for making Open Award the top 38 awarding organizations for the highest number of certificates issued during this quarter according to gov.uk. That all, sounds exciting, I can't wait till the next podcast. Now, what shall we have for tea tonight Andy? I don't know. Let's get a takeaway tonight, what do you fancy? Join us next time when we'll be chatting about innovative solutions to using learning technology from our guest, Jonathan Bishop, the CEO and Executive Head Teacher from this Cornerstone Academy.